Hello and welcome to Fibber McGee and Molly from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Rare as a day in spring in Wistful Vista, with Mrs. McGee sitting reading on the porch, her husband picking weeds out of the lawn, and his on-and-off pal Gildersleeve fixing window screens next door. We can't think of anything. But that's how it is today with Fibber McGee and Molly. Hey, Molly, I got an ocean to go fishing. I just found a worm. <laughs> well, keep scratching around here. Maybe you'll find a horseshoe and we can go horseback riding. <laughs> hey, how many dandelion greens you got to have to make dandelion wine? The way you're working, McGee, you won't have enough by September to get a cucaracha cockeyed. <laughs> you pipe down, Gildersleeve. I was talking to my wife. Well, I thought I'd take over your conversation for a while. You must get pretty tired of it. Say, aren't you men going to play tennis this afternoon? Or is it too strenuous for you athletes? Oh, Gildersleeve says he had to fix the window screen. I don't know why... I've seen all his clothes, and if I was a moth, I wouldn't want them. <laughs> you tell her the real reason, McGee. You got smart and started bouncing the ball that landed on the roof. Well, get it down again. Heavenly days, I'll even buy you a new one. Huh? You will? Yes, I will. Anything to keep you two quiet. I'm trying to read this article about us in Liberty Magazine. Oh, you mean in the May 27th issue? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I can take a hint, even if Gildersleeve can't. Hey, Gildy, come down off of that ladder a minute. I want to get my tennis ball off the roof. Who are you giving orders to, you little cigar holder? Get a ladder of your own. Well, of all the nerves. Get a ladder of your own, he says. That's my ladder of your own, and you know it, Gildersleeve. You borrowed it three weeks ago. You mean I managed to get it back three weeks ago? <laughs> Why, you big salami. You know very well you just took it to fix that smoking chimney last April. Yes, and you bought it in January to get your alarm clock out of the elm tree. <laughs> what was our clock doing in the tree? I threw it at a cat one night. <laughs> now look, Gildersleeve, I was the original owner of that ladder, as you very darn well know. And I've been pretty good-natured about you using it. Now get off, I want it back. You got as much chance of getting it back as I have of bailing out over Scotland. <laughs> and get away from this ladder. You make me nervous. McGee, don't take that ladder. You'll make him fall. Oh, so what? Might jar a little sense into him. <laughs> you going to get down off of that ladder, Gilder Sleeve, or do I have to shake you off like a rotten apple? <laughs> I won't get down. By George, this is my ladder, and I have a right... Stop it! Stop it! Mrs. McGee, make him stop teasing me. <laughs> oh, quit running to Mama, you big squealer. And I'll give you till I count ten to get off of that ladder. <laughs> Go on, you can't count up to ten. You Stop taking that ladder! Stop it! I can dodge him. That big blimp is so slow he can't even fall fast. Well, you coming down, Gildersleeve? No, I'm not. 
And when I lay hands on you, you miserable little monkey... I'll... Okay, you asked for it. What? <laughs> oh, stop it! Stop it! Stop it! Is he hurt, McGee? Of course he ain't hurt. He bounced eight feet. <laughs> the big bladder. Well, I'm ashamed of you, both. Now, you come right in the house before you have any more trouble. Oh, Molly, I don't want to go in the house. Wait till I get hold of you. you... Uh, what do you want me to go in the house for, Molly? You want to talk something over? Okay, let's go. Oh, wait a minute, McGee. I've got something I want to talk to you What do you want to talk about, Molly? <laughs> McGee, I'm ashamed of you, fighting and arguing in front of all the neighbors. Oh, they love it. But you had no right to push that ladder over with Mr. Gilder's sleeve on it. Why, shucks, it's no fun pushing over an empty ladder. <laughs> Besides, I didn't mean to push it so hard. But you were wrong in the first place. It is his ladder. Why, Molly? How can you stand there with your neck sticking through that string of seashells I bought you one Christmas long before we were married and say such a thing like that? It is, too, my ladder. Oh, no, it isn't. That ladder, it is, too. I distinctly remember tearing the wrappings off of it the day it come from the hardware store. Don't you remember that? Yes, I do. Aha. Uh -huh. Because you borrowed it from Mr. Gilder's sleeve before it was even off the truck. What? I did? Oh, sure. <laughs> Furthermore, even though you've always claimed Mr. Gildersleeve was a pushover, you didn't have to prove it. Well, gee whiz, I didn't mean to push it so hard. Nevertheless, I want you to march right outside and offer your apology. Oh, okay, okay. Come on. Hey, Gildersleeve, I, I want to talk to you a minute. Oh, that's fine, little chum. That's fine. I want to talk to you, too. I swell. About that little ladder episode, Crocky, I had... Uh, look out, McGee. He's got a baseball bat behind his back. Oh. <laughs> Come on back here, you little assassin, and I'll wham a little of the whimsy out of your skippy little skull. Now, just a minute, Mr. Gildersleeve. All McGee wanted was to tell Don't you to... tell him, Molly. It's all off. Yep. If you want me so bad, Gildersleeve, come on up here and get me. All right, by George, I will. One step further, and I sue you for trespass. You come on down here on city property and see what happens. <laughs> you feeble little fugitive from a split gun. <laughs> Why, you overinflated blimp. If I ever came down there, I'd slap you so flat you could go to the hospital by mail. <laughs> Look, McGee, you'll never get together with him this way. Well, what'll I do? Go inside and call him up. You think you'll let me talk? Well, it's worth trying. Come on in. Okay. Oh, running away, Oh, go smoke some corn silk, you adolescent apple knocker. Come on. Why, George, if he ever came within reach of me? Give me the telephone. Here. I'll watch out the window and see if his wife calls him in. Okay. Hello, operator. Give me the residence of Throckport and she's good for... Huh? Oh, is that you, Merch? Oh. 
How's every little thing, Mert? Here's eh? What's eh, Mert? Your baby sister. Oh, got two new teeth this morning. Ah, how sweet. How old is the little tight baby? Nineteen. <laughs> Had some teeth kicked out Saturday night in a jitterbug contest. <laughs> What's eh, Mert? Oh, okay. Thanks, Mert. No answer. Well, you've simply got to apologize. Send him a telegram. Say, now you're using glow coat. That's a great idea. I'll fix it to... Oh, no, that ain't a good idea either. Well, why isn't it? Well, he'd just fly into another rage when he saw the telegram was collect. <laughs> if there was only some way I could make him listen to me without knowing what... Hot dog. I got it. You have? Yeah. Now, get this, folks. It's the crux of the whole program. <laughs> what is it? Look, let's say I go down to the Whistle Vista Recording Studios and make a phonograph record of a handsome apology and send it to Gildersleeve. He'd play it out of curiosity, and it'd be over before he knew what it was all about. Say, that's a wonderful idea. Get your hat and we'll... Oh, is that Gildersleeve? Let me see. No, it isn't. It's Mrs. Uppington. Oh, swell. Oh, watch me insult her, too, so I can make an extra record. <laughs> now, McGee, please don't do that. We've got trouble enough. Oh, it's all in fun, Molly. Come in. Don't do it, uh, McGee. She's too dumb to realize what... Oh, how do you do, Mrs. Uppington? Oh, how do you do, Mrs. McGee? And Mr. McGee. My goodness, what is wrong with Mr. Gildersleeve? I just met him outside. Well, he's angry with my husband, Abigail. McGee knocked him off a ladder. Good heavens. What on earth caused you to do that, Mr. McGee? Oh, just the impulse, Duffy. <laughs> I get them now and then. <laughs> For instance, I never see you riding along in that limousine of yours, <laughs> sitting there simpering like a dummy in a showcase, without wanting to heave a rock right through the window. Oh, <laughs> McGee, I told you... Hello, Allie, Mr. McGee. I find your sense of humor in very bad taste, if I may say so. You may say so, Alice. Mr. McGee, your sense of humor is in very bad taste. Ah, oh, don't be a guppy, Eppie. You couldn't take a joke if it was tattooed. McGee! You stop at this minute. He's just trying to insult Abigail. Don't pay any attention to him. But I don't understand, Mrs. McGee. Why should he wish to insult me? Well, he wants to make another record. What, another one? What do you mean, another one? Why, you already hold the record for being the most bullish, insignificant, maladjusted little malamute in the neighborhood, if I may say so. You may. I do. You did. I know. Goodbye. <laughs> Well, you asked for it, did he? Yes, I know. <laughs> ah, the old moose crosses a pretty sassy adjective, don't you? Hey, is Gildersleeve still out in front of any place? Let me take a look. No, no, I don't see... Wait a minute. Huh? What's that sticking out from behind that tree? Let me see. <laughs> That's Gildersleeve's stomach. <laughs> he thinks he's hiding. 
like trying to hide a horse in a handbag. Well, I'll let him wait. Come on, we'll sneak out the back way and go out the back door and hurry down the road. Welcome to the Wistful Vista Recording Studios, my friend. Is this your first visit? Yes, it is, Mr. Uh... Uh, Tate. Asa M. Tate. And if I do say so myself, an Asa Tate record is the best record made. <laughs> well, look, bud, my name is Fibber McGee. Not the Fibber McGee. What do you mean, the Fibber McGee? The Fibber McGee who came in just now to make a recording. Yes, <laughs> uh... That's me, too. Tate. Tate? Yes. As in Tate Funny McGee. Oh. <clears throat> now, what can we do for you? Well, you see, Mr. Tate, uh, McGee insulted a man next door, and we want to send him a recording of an apology. I see, I see. A splendid idea. We can handle that just as soon as we have a free studio. Oh, you're pretty busy here? Oh, thriving, Mrs. McGee, thriving. This idea has taken hold like a lady wrestler on a matter. <laughs> Everyone is recording. Valentines, love messages, speeches, legal documents. What do you mean, legal documents? Oh, yes. The human voice is accepted in court just like a signature. Is that so? Yes. For instance, there's a gentleman in Studio C who is making a recording of his last will and testament. A step this way and we'll peep in for a moment. Now, be very quiet. And to the rest of my heirs and assigns, I bequeath the residue of my estate, including house and furniture and all things appertaining thereto, with the proviso that during their lives they shall protect all wood and enamel surfaces against dampness, dirt, and wear with Johnson's wax. The finest protective polish that... Will cut! Oh, dear me. You broke right into the middle of the recording. Oh, shucks. I'm sorry. Hello there, folks. Oh, why the record, Mr. Wilcox? Well, it's logical, Molly. This is my will I'm recording. Yeah, we know, but why? Look, you put wax on your most important things, don't you? So why shouldn't you put your most important things on wax? (laughs) There's another familiarity, too, Howard. (laughs) What's that? (laughs) You ought to have it on a record because you've been going round and round on the same subject for six years. I hope you'll excuse the interruption, Mr. Wilcox. I didn't know these were friends of yours. Well, I'm not so sure now. Oh, now, Mr. Wilcox, you know very well that we... And be it hereby expressly devised that in the course of protecting and beautifying said household appurtenances, Johnson's Wax is positively the most dependable, durable, labor-saving protection for wood, leather, and enamel surfaces... Come on, Molly. ...that ever... Isn't Mr. Wilcox very young to be making out his will, dearie? Oh, not necessarily. He knows he's going to kill himself one of these days trying to think up new ways to say the same old thing. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear. (laughs) Throw him in there anyway. (laughs) Look, bud, how soon can I make my recording? Now, don't be impatient, Mr. McGee. We're very, very busy, you know. Let me think now. Well, hello there, Johnny. Hello, daughter. Oh, hello there, Mr. Old Time. What are you doing here? Well, do you two know this gentleman, too? Oh, sure. He's our oldest friend. Aren't you, Old Timer? 
If you can take a one the shoulder, bring him around, Johnny, and I'll wrestle him for 50 cents. <laughs> uh, what did you say you were doing here? Who, me? Oh, we just finished recording some hot jive, George. Me and my band. Your band? You got a band? Yep. Small combo, Johnny. Hot and sweet. Call him the old-timer and your sexagenarian. <laughs> Ain't a one of us under 16. We make Goodman and them Dorsey kids sound like hand organs in a hailstorm. <laughs> well, heavenly days. Imagine that. Are you making anything out of it, or do you work like uh, George Bernard Shaw for your room and beard? <laughs> That's pretty good, daughter. But that ain't the way I heard it. The way I... Uh-oh. Say, you gotta excuse me, kids. Gotta run down the hall and get some refills. Refills? For what? My comb. That's what I play in the band. Comb and tissue paper. <laughs> well, see you later, kids. I'll send you one of my records. <laughs> This isn't getting us anyplace, but I want to get busy. Haven't you got a studio we can use? Of course, of course. You can use Studio E just as soon as the King's men get through recording their version of Open Your Heart and Say Ah. Right in here, please. McGee, the man on the little glass booth is waving at you again. Oh, uh, how, how am I doing, Mr. Tate? Very, very good, Mr. McGee. The first part was brought you very well, but for this next part, get into the microphone a little more. Oh. Yes, that's it. And it will help if you take the cigar out of your mouth. <laughs> uh, thank you. <laughs> it's about time you did that, Stogie McGee. I didn't know whether you were recording an apology or smoke gets in your eyes. <laughs> well, are you ready to cut the rest of it, bud? All ready, Mr. McGee. Start talking with the bell ring. Ready? Ready. And that's why I want you to know, guilty old man, that I am sorry I pushed you off of the ladder. I hope we can be friends again from now on, and in honor of the occasion, here is a little poem I wrote. <clears throat> the world would be a better place to live in if guys like I would admit they're wrong and give in without their wife forcing him almost to do it. But I know if I hadn't did it, I would rue it. <laughs> so here's to you, a friend true blue, from your little chum next door, dear Socky. To have you as a pal, I consider myself pretty lucky. <laughs> There. How was it, Molly? Fine, dearie. All but that poem. Well, maybe it could have been polished up a little bit, but it's the sentiment that counts. Sediment. I said sentiment. I know, and I said sediment. Oh. That's what's left after the drip has stopped. <laughs> well, I'm afraid you just don't appreciate the finer <laughs> things. Everything is splendid, Mr. McGee. Splendid. Oh, fine. And I hope you can use our services again sometime. Thank you, Mr. Tate. Uh, you got the address where to send that record, didn't you, bud? Oh, yes, Mr. McGee. Mr. Throckmorton T. Gildersleeve, 83, Wistful Vista. Yes, and send this note with it. It'll be on its way in half an hour. A good day. Good day, Mr. Case. So long, Case. 
Well, frankly now, McGee, don't you feel better for having made that apology? Even if Mr. Gildersleeve uh, hasn't seen it yet. Oh, yes, I guess I do, but... Hello, Mr. McGee. Hello, Mrs. McGee. Oh, hi, Wimple. My, my, you're looking happy and cheerful for a change, Mr. Wimple. Oh, I am. I'm just a different person when I come down here to make my record. It cheers me up no end. <laughs> what kind of record do you make, Wimple? You a singer? Oh, no. I just talk. Oh, recitation, time. In a way, yes. <laughs> you see, I record the things I would like to say to my wife. <laughs> I spend the first half hour working myself into a rage. And then I make a recording of giving her the most terrible bawling out. Then I sit here and play it to myself over and over and over. <laughs> it sure gets it out of your system, doesn't it, Wimple? Ever think what would happen if she ever got hold of one of those records? Oh, yes, I have. I wake up nights in a cold sweat about it. <laughs> But it's worth all the risk, Mr. McGee. Look, Mr. Wimple, why don't you brace up and really send her one of the records? It would show her that you really have a little spirit. Mrs. McGee would not only show her that I have one, but five minutes after she heard it, I'd be one. <laughs> Come on, Molly. Let's hurry home and wait for Gildersleeve's reaction. All right. Hey, he ought to be coming over any minute now, Molly. I just seen a motorcycle messenger deliver a package. Oh, that's fine, dearie. I'll be so glad when this is straightened out, all this senseless bickering and quarreling. Anybody think you hated each other? We do, down underneath. But on the surface... There never was two finer friends. <laughs> Why, when I think of all... Heavenly days, what a nurse is that? Oh! Uh, there you are, you little Weisenheimer. What? You oh. practical joker, you custard pie comedian. Huh? Send me a smart Alex phonograph record and a sarcastic note, will you? By George. Oh, no, no, no. Now, wait a minute. What's the matter? What do you mean, a sarcastic note? Well, listen to this. Huh? Dear Flocky, well, forget what happened this afternoon and play this record. Yeah. As a little token of my esteem. Oh. Then you'll know what I really think of you. Signed, your little chum fibber. <laughs> well, I don't see anything wrong with that. Didn't you play the record, Mr. Gildersleeve? Yes, I did. Well. And I want to tell you right now, McGee, if you were worth spoiling a good ten-cent shine on... I'd knock you down and kick your ears. Oh, oh my. As it is, I'll just break this record over your dilly little dough. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, hey, what's the idea? Uh, oh. And never speak to me again, you crumb wit. Well, I'll be... What's the matter with that guy? Ain't he got any sense of justice? Oh, dear. I put my whole heart and soul into that record. Sure you did. Maybe it was that poem that got him. Though I don't quite... Oh, heavenly days, look. Look at the label. Huh? They sent him the wrong record. What? This is the one that the old-timer was sending to us. Huh? Well, no wonder Mr. Gildersleeve got mad. Well, what do you mean? Look at the title. I'll be glad when you're dead, you rascal, you. Oh, 
bad the records got mixed up, dearie. Yeah. But you can have the man at the recording studio send Mr. Gildersleeve an explanation. Yeah, I can straighten that out, okay. I'd even kind of like to go down and make some more records. All right, let's. You have a dandy voice for us. Honest? You think so? I certainly do. You might even get a job as a news commentator. Oh, boy. Like Raymond Graham Jazz. Swing. Well, you could try that, too, but commentating is more dignified. Good night. Good night, all. Thank <laughs> you.